Chapter 39 Baba's Knowledge of Sanskrit This interpretation of a verse from the Gita, Construction of the Samadhi Mandir. This chapter 39 deals with Baba's interpretation of a verse from the Bhagavad Gita and some people believe that Baba had little knowledge of Sanskrit but by the interpretation of Nana Saheb Chandorka's query Hamad Pant refuted that charge in the chapter number 50 and as it deals with the same subject matter it is incorporated in this chapter. Preliminary Blessed is Shirdi and blessed is the Dwakamai where Sri Sai lived and moved until he took Mahasamadhi Blessed are the people of Shirdi, whom he obliged and for whom he lived there. Shirdi was a small village first, but it attained importance on account of his contact and became a Tirtha, a holy place of pilgrimage. Equally blessed and wondrous are the woman folk of Shirdi. Blessed are their whole and divided faith in him. They sang the glories of Baba while bathing, grinding, pounding corn and doing their household works. Baba's interpretation Baba's inter- Nobody believed that Baba knew Sanskrit. One day he su- surprised all by giving an interpretation of a verse from the Gita to Nana Saheb Chandorka. A brief account about this matter was given by Mr. B.V. Dev, retired Mamlata and, and published in Marathi in Sri Sai Lila magazine, volume number 4, uh, page 563. Short accounts of the same are also published in Sai Baba, page 36, both by B.V. Narasimha Swami Mr. B. V. Dev has also given an English version of this in his statement dated 27th of the 9th, 1936 and published on page 66 of Devotee's Experiences Part 3 by Narasimha Swami. As Mr. Dev has got first-hand information about the subject from Nanasaheb himself, we give below his version. Nanasaheb Chandoka was a good student of Vedanta. He had read Gita with commentaries. He fancied that Baba knew nothing of Sanskrit texts, so Baba one day pricked the bubble. These were the, these were the days before crowds flocked to Baba, when Baba had individual meetings in the mosque with such devotees. Nana was sitting near Baba and massaging his legs and muttering something under his breath. Baba said, Nana, what are you mumbling to yourself? Nana, I am reciting a shloka, a verse. Baba, what shloka? Nana, from Bhagavad Gita. Baba, say it loudly. Nana then recited Bhagavad Gita chapter 4 verse 34 which is as follows Tad vidi prani patina pari prashnena sevaya upadekshyanti te gyanam gyaninam stavardishana Baba Nana, do you understand it? Nana, yes. Baba, if you do, tell me its meaning, Nana. It means this, making Shastanga Namaska, meaning prostration, asking the Guru, serving him, uh, learn what, his, what this knowledge is. Then who's, then who's, then those who have attained, then those who have attained the real knowledge of the Sadvastu Brahma will give you Upadesh, instruction of knowledge. Baba, if you do, will it tell me its meaning? Nana, it means this. Making Shastanga, Namaskar, prostration, asking the Guru, serving him, learning what is the, what this knowledge is. Then those who have attained the real knowledge of the Sadvastu will give you Upadesh of knowledge. Baba, 
No, no, I do not want this sort of collected purport of the whole stanza. Give me each word, its grammatical force and meaning. Then Nana explained it word by word. Baba, Nana, is this enough to merely make prostration? Nana, I do not know any other meaning for the word pranipat than making prostration. Baba, what is pari prashna? Nana, asking questions. Baba, what is prashna mean? Nana, the same. Questioning. Baba, if pari prashna means the same as prashna, why did Vyasa add the prefix pari? Was Vyasa off his head? Nana, I do not know any other meaning for the word pari prashna. Baba, seva, what sort of seva is meant? Nana, just what we are doing to you. Baba, is it enough to render such service? Nana, I do not know what more is signified by the word seva. Baba, in the next line, Upadekshanti te gyanam, can you read any other word in lieu of gyanam? Baba, uh, Nana, yes. Baba, what word? Ag, ag, agyanam. Baba, taking that word instead of gyan, is any meaning made out of the verse? Nana, no. Shankara Bashaya gives no such construction. Baba, never mind if he does not. Is there any objection to using the word agyan if it gives a better sense? Nana, I do not understand how to construe by placing agyan in it. Baba, why does Krishna refer Arjun to Tattva Darshis and to his prostration, to interrogation and service? Was not Krishna a Tattva Darshi, in fact, Gyanit itself? Nana, yes, he was, but I do not, do not make out why he referred Arjun to Gyanis. Baba, have you not understood this? Nana was, humili Nana was humiliated. His pride was knocked down, and then Baba began to explain. 1. It is not enough merely to prostrate before, a gyani, before the Gyanis. We must make Saravasva Sharanagati, complete surrender to the Sadguru. 2. Mere questioning is not enough. The question must not be made with any improper, improper motive or attitude to trap the Guru and catch mistakes in the answer. Or out of idle curiosity, it must, not be, it must be earnest with a view to achieve spiritual progress or liberation. 3. Seva is not rendering service with the feeling that one is free to offer the or refuse service. One must feel that he is not the master of the body, that the body is Guru's and that exists merely to render service to him. If this is done, the Sadguru will show you what the knowledge referred to in the previous stanza is. Nana did not understand what was meant by saying that the Guru teaches uh, Agyan. Baba, how is Gyan Upadesh e imparting of realization to be effected? Destroying ignorance is Gyan. Of verse Ovi 1396 of Dhyaneshwari commenting on Gita 18 to 66 says, Removal of ignorance is, O Arjun, the dream and sleep disappear. You are yourself. It is like that. Also, Ovi 83 on Gita uh, chapter 5 verse 16 says there is any is there anything different or independent in gyan besides the destruction of ignorance expelling darkness means light destroying duality dwaitya means non-duality advaitya whenever we speak of destroying dwaitya we speak of advaitya whenever we talk of destroying darkness we talk of light if we have to realize the advaitya state the feeling of dwaitya in ourselves has to be removed 
That is the realization of Advaitya state. Who can speak of Advaitya while remaining in Dwaitya state? Unless one gets into that state of non-duality, how can one know, know it and realize it? Again, the Shisha disciple, like the Sadguru, is the embodiment of Gyan. The difference between the two lies in the attitude, high, realize, high realization and unrivaled capacity and Ashwarya Yoga, divine powers. The Sadguru is Nirgun, Sachit Anand. He has indeed taken human form to alleviate mankind, to elevate mankind. But his real Nirgun nature is not destroyed thereby, even a bit. His existence or reality, divine power and wisdom remain undiminished. The disciple also is in fact of the same Swarupa, but it is overlaid by the effect of the sanskaras, of innumerable births in the shape of ignorance which veils this view that he is the Shuddha Chaitanya. <coughs> Bhagavad Gita chapter 5 verse 15. As stated therein, he gets the impressions, I am Jiva, a creature, um, um, meek and poor. The Guru has to root out these offshoots of ignorance and has to give upadesh or instruction to the disciple held spellbound for endless generations by the ideas of his being a jiva the guru imparts the teaching you are god you are mighty and opulent then he realizes that he is god really the perpetual delusion under which the disciple is laboring that he is the body and he is the creature and that he is a creature jiva or ego that god paramatma and the world are different from him is an ignorance inherited from innumerable past births from actions based on it he has derived his this his joy sorrows and mixtures of both to remove his this delusion this error this error this root ignorance he must start the inquiry how did the ignorance arise where is it and to show him this is called the guru's upadesh the following are instances of of Ag of, of Agyan. 1. I am a Jiva creature. 2. I am the body. 3. God, world and Jiva are different. 4. I am not God. 5. Not knowing that body is not the soul. 6. Not knowing that God, world and Jiva are one. Unless these errors are exposed to his view, the disciple cannot learn what is God, Jiva, world, body, how they are interrelated and whether they are different from each other or one and the same. To teach him these and destroy his ignorance is the instruction in Gyan or Agyan. Why should Gyan be imparted to the Jiva? Upadesh is merely to show him his error and destroy his ignorance. Construction of the Samadhi Mandir Baba never, ne, Baba never made any fuss about the things which he wanted to accomplish, but he also skillfully arranged the circumstances that the people were surprised at the slow but sure results attained. The construction of the Samadhi Mandir is an instance. Sriman Bhapasahabhuti, the famous multi-millionaire of Nagpur, lived in Shirdi with his family. Once an idea arose in his mind that he should have a building of his own there. Sometime after this, while he was sleeping in Dixitswara, he got a vision. Baba appeared in his dream and ordered him to build a wada with a temple. Shama, who was sleeping there, also got a similar vision. When Bhapasaheb awakened, he saw Shama crying and asked the latter as to why he was in tears. The latter replied that in his vision Baba came to him and ordered distinctly, Build a wada with the temple. I shall fulfill the desires of all. On hearing the sweet and loving words of Baba, I was overpowered with emotion. My throat was choked. My eyes were overflowing with tears. And I began to cry. Baba Zaheb was surprised to see that the, both the visions tallied. 
Being a rich and capable man, he decided to build a wada there and drew up a plan with Sharma. Kaka Sahib Dixit also approved of it, and when it was placed before Baba, he also sanctioned it immediately. Then the construction work was duly started, and under the supervision of Sharma, the ground floor and the cellar and the well were completed. Baba, on his way to and from Lendi, also suggested some improvements. Further work was entrusted to Bapu Saheb Jog, and when it was going on, an idea struck Bapu Saheb Bhutti's mind that there should be an open space in the platform and in the center, the image of Muralidhar, Lord Krishna, with his flute, be installed. He asked Sharma to refer this matter to Baba and get his consent. The latter asked Baba about this when he was just passing by the Wada. On hearing Sharma, Baba gave his consent, saying, After the temple is complete, I will come, there, I will come there to stay. And staring at the Wada, he added, After the Wada is complete, we shall use it. We shall live, move, play there, embrace each other and be happy. Then Sharma asked Baba whether this was the auspicious time to begin the foundation work of the central room of the shrine. The latter answered in the affirmative. Then Sharma got the coconut broken there and started the work. In due time, the work was completed and an order was already placed for making a good image of Murlidhar. But before it was ready, a new situation turned up. Babak became seriously ill. Bapu Saheb became very sad and dejected, thinking that if Baba passed away, his wada would not be consecrated by the holy touch of Baba's feet, and all his money, about a lack of rupees, would be wasted away. But the words, keep me in the wada, which came out of Baba's mouth just before his passing away, consoled not only Bapu Saheb, but one and all, in due time. Baba's holy body was placed and preserved in the central shrine meant for Murlidhar, and Baba himself became Murlidhar and Nawada thus became the Samadhi Mandir of Baba. His one wonderful Leela is unfathomable. Blessed and fortunate is Bapu Sahibuti in whose Wada lies the holy and pure body of Baba. Bow to Sri Sai, peace be to all. Sri Sachitananda, Sadguru, Sainath, Maharaj Ki Jai.